This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, This is our last shir on Sefer Devarim. So the shir on Sefer Devarim were again generously sponsored by Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachta, Leiloy Nishmas, Rav Shloyme, Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Rivka, Leiloy Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka, Bas Tovi Halevi, they should be Melitzer Yisham for the whole families. Adbiyas Goyal Tzedek. Tonight's share is dedicated anonymously, all the way from Eretz Yisrael. Also, it's dedicated by Mr. Adam Grossman from Newton, Massachusetts, in memory of his father, David Grossman, and father-in-law, Elias Cohen. Zechrein Levracha. Okay. Now, before we start, if you didn't yet get your Mystery and the Majesty, it's available here. Right now, it's out of print. Can't get it from our scroll. We have a few copies left. You could get it here at the Shir. Okay, so this year, the first night of Sukkot, we have a uh, unusual occurrence, somewhat unusual. The first night of Sukkot comes out on Shabbos, and which means the first day of Sukkot also comes out on Shabbos. What a coincidence! The first night of Sukkot comes out on Shabbos, also the first day comes out on Shabbos. So we know the first day you're going to come to Shul. Leave your lulav at home, leave your esrog at home, also your hadasim and your aravos. Leave them all at home. And also the esrog box, don't bring that either. You leave it all at home. We do not take lulav and esrog on Shabbos. The same reason we don't blow the shoifer on Shabbos. The, why don't we blow the shoifer on Shabbos? Rabba's gezerah. Rabba's decree. What was Rabba's decree? Shema, yavirenu, dalid, amos. By the way, now I'm really understanding. The Gemara says that sanulek kulab... Masa de Pampadisa. The people didn't really like Rabbah. You can imagine when he said, no shoifar on Shabbos, you know, everybody knows our lives are dependent on the shoifar. I don't think that was a very popular uh, announcement from the pulpit, you know, no shoifar on Shabbos. Then two weeks later, he said, by the way, also no lulav and esrig on Shabbos. That probably didn't go over too well either. So these were all gezerah de Rabbah. This year, for the first time, the following question hit me. And I have to share with you something interesting. Usually, if you are bothered by a question, usually if you have a question, you want to find someone who doesn't ask it, who, someone who asks the question. If nobody asks the question, then usually there's a good reason that nobody asks the question. But I was troubled by the following question. We don't take a lulav and esrig when the first day of Sukkot comes out on Shabbos. We're afraid, Shema Yavi Reno You might carry the lulav and esrig four cubits. You might have a question about the lulav, about whether the spine, the shidra, whether the tiyoimis is complete, whether it's sealed on top. You might have a question about your esrog. There's a spot on it. There's a niche in it. There's a, the aravos are a little bit torn. Or the hadasim don't cover, the leaves don't cover the bud on top of it. You may have a particular question. You may take it to a bucky. You may take it to a rav and ask a question. And you might carry. So out of a concern, lest you come to carry, we say you don't take Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos. You don't blow the shoifer on Shabbos. You don't lay in Megillus Esther on Shabbos. So for the first time in my entire life, the following question hit me. Are we going to sit in the sukkah of the Shabbos? Yeah. Why? Why, do, why aren't we afraid that somebody might have a question, I don't know, about a type of material or about their sukkah, and they might carry daladamais. So you say, carry what? Carry what? So I so, said, well, maybe 
you have a question, uh, say you, it's not like you're going to carry the sukkah, it's not like you could carry a sukkah, but let's say you used a certain material for schach, and you didn't know if the schach was good or not, and you happen to have a piece of it with you, why are we afraid you're going to take this piece of schach and bring it to a bucky and ask them, is this kosher for a sukkah or is this not kosher? I mean, we get rid of Shaifer, we get rid of Luvanesa, we get rid of Megillah. How did, how did sukkah remain standing? Why is sukkah not subject to the Gzairah of Rabbah? That, that's the question that I had. And sure enough, I looked around and nobody asked the question. I looked around and I asked, Tamidei Chachamim, did you ever hear anybody ask the question? No, they never heard anybody ask the question. Simply, the gzera is, you might take the item of a mitzvah and show it to a bucky, but it's not like you could carry a sukkah with you. But then I was thinking, yeah, but maybe in, in zeal for the mitzvah, why aren't we afraid you're going to carry your meal to the sukkah? Why aren't we afraid you're going to carry your meal to the sukkah? Why don't we say you can sit in a sukkah? I mean, isn't that very common? Let's say the sukkah is not attached to your house. Let's say it's down the block. So why aren't we afraid? You're going to bring your sandwich and you're going to, you're going to bring your soup and carry it to your sukkah. Why doesn't the gzera of Rabbah apply to the sukkah? That's my question. Okay? And as we're going to see, I did find that in fact the Achroinim asked this question. But first I want to show you an anomaly in Parshas Emar. Okay. Well, why, why did you ask a better question or a different <coughs> question? Why, why are you afraid you're going to be misake in the sukkah if you find out that it's puzzle on Shabbos? Which, like, we don't mm-hmm. go on a boat or we don't ride. Okay. Or we don't do those things because you're afraid you're going to fix it. Hang on to that. That's more likely to happen than... Hang on to that question. We're going to come back to it. Okay? Because you could ask a similar question by Shoifar. Why are we only worried that you might, you might carry the shofar, why don't we say like we do with every musical instrument, you can't use a musical instrument on Shabbos because lest you come to fix it. You know, why can't you blow a trumpet on Shabbos? It might break and you might fix it. So why don't we say the same thing with the shofar? It's a musical instrument, it might break and you might fix it. So that's also a question and, and we could apply it to sukkah as well. We're going to come back to that question. What's your name again? David. David. We, we have proof that you attended this year now. Okay. In case... I stay to the end. <laughs> You do. That you do. Okay. Okay. Now, so I want, I want to point out a few um, important observations in the Psukim and Parsha Semar. Turn to your second sheet, okay, um, where you have the Psukim Parsha Semar. Vayidaber Hashem HaMashal Emar. Daber al Bnei Yisrael Emar. Speak to the Jewish people and saying, Bachamisha Asar Yoim Lachoydesh Hashviyi Hazeh. On the 15th day of this seventh month. Now, the word Hazeh. It's an unusual word. It didn't have to say this seventh month. Obviously, if it's the seventh month, it's this seventh month. Not every time the Torah talks about a month, it says hazeh. What do you do on this day? Chag hasukais. It's the yomtif of sukais. What do you do? Bayoim harishain mikra koidash kamlachas avadolasasu shivas yamim bring karbanos. What else do you do? Eila moyadei Hashem rishatukores mikra koidash milavad shabbosois Hashem. Fine. So, in other words, what do you do on sukkis? All the Psukim say is, Chag Hasukais Shivas Yom You sit in the Sukkah. Did you notice? It doesn't say a word about the Dalminim. Isn't that interesting? The Torah tells us that on the 15th day of this seventh month, it's the Yom Tif of Sukkis. Yeah, what about the Esrog? Nah. Uh, we forgot about that. What about the Aravais? No. 
What about the lulav, the dairy lulav? It's going to cost you at least 60 bucks. And the esrog, you could get one for 150, but it's not going to be kosher unless you spend, you know. No, not a word about the dollar minim. Oh, by the way, look in Pasuklamates. Ach! And this time it doesn't say Hazah. When you gather the food, don't do Malach on the first day. Don't do Malach on the eighth day. And you know what you should do? The Esroig. The Lulav. The Hadasim. The Aravos. And that you should celebrate seven days. And basukos teishu shavas yamim. What in the world is going on over here? Why does the Torah break up the Yom Tov of Sukkis into two parts? First it says, on the 15th day of this seventh month, seven days, what do you do? Sit in the sukkah. Dalet minim, not a word. And the first time it talks about Sukkot, it says, Bachoidesh Hashvi Hazet, this, this seventh month. And when it talks about this, it doesn't say anything about Dalad Minim. Then it says, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you, there's something called Sukkot. When is it? The 15th day of the seventh month. So why is it repeating it again? Why the second time it doesn't say Hazet? And why the second time does it say Dalad Minim with Sukkah? So it actually, in these Sukkim and Emar, it talks about Sukkot twice. The first time it says Hazet, the first time it only talks about sukkah. The second time it doesn't say hazeh, and it talks about both mitzvahs. It's a pella. What in the world is going on over here? So there's a drasha from the Oineg Yamtaif, and many others from bring this down as well. And this is a very important idea. You ready for this idea? You ready there? It's called Atbash. The first day of Pesach, whatever the first day of Pesach is, that same day will be Tishabav. Okay? So whatever night of the year is Pesach, let's say Pesach is a Tuesday, Aleph, Tishabav will be Tuesday that year. The second day of Pesach, Bez, Shin, will be Shavuos. Gimel, the third day, Resh, will be Rosh Hashanah. It, every time. Aleph, Tishabav. Bez Shavuos. Gimel, Rosh Hashanah. Fine. Anybody know the year the Jews left Egypt? What day of the week was it? Groundhog's Day. No, what day of the week? What day of the week was it? Thursday. It was Thursday. Because everyone agrees that Torah was given on Shabbos, on the 51st day of the Omer. Hakom moidim de b'Shabbos netna Torah. So the, the, the Jewish people left in Sarman on Thursday. Which means, that year, Tisha B'Av was a Thursday. That year, Shavuos was Friday Shabbos. Because the Torah was given the next day. Yeah, Torah wasn't given on Shavuos the first year. And Rosh Hashanah was... Shabbos. Hear this? Pesach was a Thursday, so Tishabav was a Thursday. Second day of Pesach was a Friday, Shavuos was a Friday. Third day of Pesach was Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah was Shabbos. Which means the first year they left Mitzrayim, they didn't blow the shofar. If you say that the Gezerah of Rabbah was very early in, in history, which Rabbi Yosef Engel says, it always existed. 
So if they didn't, now, if Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos, what day is Sukkot? This is not complicated. Also Shabbos. Yeah? Sukkot is Shabbos. Which means, what didn't they take that year? Lulav and Esrog. Oh, the Pesukim read like a glove. Vayidaber Hashem al Moshe Lemar. Daber al Bnei Yisrael Lemar. Bachamisha also yom l'chodesh hashvi hazeh. This year, you know what you do? Sit in the sukkah. Dalad minim. Who said anything about dalad minim? No dalad minim. You say, what do you mean? The second day? No, that's midrabanan. That didn't exist yet. The mitzvah drabanan of dalad minim did not exist beyond the, the the first day. So there was no dalad minim that year. By the way, ach bachamisha siyom l'chodesh hashvi. In general. Typically in the seventh month on the fifteenth day, you do two things. You sit in the sukkah and you take the Dalad Minim. So the Psukkim read like a glove. The Psukkim are wondrous. Okay? So the Torah breaks up Sukkis into two parts. One is Sukkis year one, and one is Sukkis in subsequent years. You Sukkis in year one, you only sit in the sukkah. Why not Dalad Minim? Shema Yaviren Dalad Amos. But in subsequent years, so it's, it doesn't come out on Shabbos. Subsequent years, years you're going to sit in the sukkah and you're going to take the Dalad Minim. Okay. Does that apply to any other, anything else that first year? I mean, what happened with Rosh Hashanah? Though? So Rosh Hashanah also, L'chayra, it says, Zichroin Trua, not Yom Trua. You can remember the Trua, but you're not going to actually blow the Shafar. Okay. Okay? Fine. So now one thing we know for sure. What we know is, that the Gezerah of Shema Yavireno Da'aramah applies to the Lulav and it does not apply to the Sukkah. The question is, does anybody ask this question? So I found this morning, I wasn't even sure what I was going to talk about. Usually by now I, ha- I have a topic. So, you know, I could always go to Old Shiurim, but, you know, the people who've been listening for a while, they, they get tired of the Old Shiurim. So I, I ne- it's preferable to come up with new material, you know? Recycle, people don't like to recycle. And they don't like when other people recycle. But, so, I found the Pardes Yosef. Now, the Pardes Yosef is what we call a Poilisha Sefer. It's a Poilisha Sefer. It's like Poilisha, Lamdus, Chasidus. It's a certain way of thinking. And he quotes very often the Avnei Nezer. Actually, the Avnei Nezer was the Rebbe of Sachachav. His son was the Shemishmo, also the Rebbe of Sachachav. My great-grandfather was a Talmud of the Shemishmol. He was the Rav of Sachachav. Actually, what's amazing is, in this piece, he deals with the following question. He says he heard from the Avnei Nezer, there's a Pasuk by Sukkah that says, Gerim Archaiv in Sukkah. Right? Is, does a Ger have to eat in the Sukkah? I mean, you'd say, why not? They have to do all the mitzvahs. There's a special Pasuk that Gerim in the Sukkah. So the question is, why do I need a special Pasuk for Gerim to send the Sukkah and not a special Pasuk for Gerim to take a Lulav? So the Avnei Nezer said the following Kabbalistic Lamdas. This is like a classic Polish thought. Okay? The Avnei Nezer said like this. There are two kinds of inspiration. There's something called Isarusa de la Ela, when the influence comes from above, and there's something called Isarusa de la Sata, when the influence comes from below. Sometimes God showers us with spiritual influence, and sometimes our actions down here, they, they create spiritual influence. Sukkah is God showering us with His protection. So it's called the Sarusa de la Hashem is bringing 
inspiration from above, sanctity from above, spirituality from above. Above that's sarusadul Ela. Lulav is our meisim down here. We're we're doing this, you know, mystical act, and we're we're effectuating uh, spiritual force from down here. Sarusadul Sata. Okay, so Sukkah is sarusadul Ela, and uh, Dalad Minim is sarusadul Sata. Gerim. Gerim are the epitome of Isarusa de la Sata. Because their, their entire connection to Judaism came from their own initiative. So there is Isarusa de la Sata. So of course they would take the Dalad Minim. But you wouldn't necessarily think they're eligible to receive that bounty from heaven of Anani HaKavod. So we have a special Chiddush Shechayv and Sukkah. That's the Avnei Nezer. So he quotes a certain Rav. Rav Alexander, that's a good thing you came. Rav Alexander Zusha Friedman. You ever hear of that name? Rav Alexander Zusha Friedman. He wrote, what? Very good. He wrote something similar to that. He wrote, Mayana Shel Torah. Mayana Shel Torah is like the classic Divrei Torah Sefer. When you were Bar Mitzvah, somebody, you probably got a few copies of Mayana Shel Torah, the white book. If you, if you, heard a, if you hear a Vart, you don't know where it's from, you know, probably default in the Mayana Shel Torah. It was written by Alexander Zusha Friedman. He was a Chavrusa of Arzeda, the Sachet Shavarov, in Sachet Okay, fine. Rav Alexander Zusha Friedman says, this is why in the Megillah it says, Kiblu Aleihem V'alkal Hanilvam Aleihem. They accepted Purim upon them and all the Gerim. Why on all the Gerim? Why do we need to know that they accept upon all the Gerim? Because since the way Purim was created was heaven endorsed what they decided down here, Kimu Lamala, Mashakiblu Lamata, so by default, obviously, implicitly, it included the Gerim, who are what we call Isarusa de la Sata. Okay. Therefore, says Avne Nezer, says, therefore, says the Pardes Yosef, excuse me. We now understand why we don't take a lulav on Shabbos, but we do sit in the sukkah. Why? What Shabbos? Who creates Shabbos? God. Yom Tov we create. Mekadesh Yisrael v'azmanim. We create the calendar, we make the date, we say it's Shabbos, we say it's, I'm sorry, we say it's Yom Tif, we say it's Pesach, we say it's Shavuos, we say it's Sukkot. We create Yom Tif. Yom Tif is Isarusa de la Sata. Shabbos is Isarusa de la Eila. God creates Shabbos. It's Shabbos when Hashem decides it's Shabbos, and Shabbos is over when God takes it away. Therefore, Sukkah is Isarusa de la Eila. So it's consistent with Shabbos. Lulav is Isarusa de la Sata. So it's not consistent with Shabbos. That's very nice. But this cannot be a halachic reason. I mean, you can't apply Kabbalistic rationale to explain why we don't take a lulav on Shabbos and we do sit in the sukkah. This, that, that might be a philosophy after the fact, but you need, you need a clear halachic reason why we don't take the Dalit Minim, but we do sit in the sukkah. But at the very least, the Paradis Yosef asked the question. And he uses the Avnei Nezer to answer it. So once the Pradesh Yosef asks the question, we know it can't be too shabby of a question if the Pradesh Yosef is dealing with what's the difference between why we don't take the Dalad Minim on Shabbos and we do sit in the Sukkah. So I want to share with you a few answers. Now, this question was dealt with in a journal, Hamar, in the 49th year of its publication. 
And a number of answers were given. We're going to try to, I want to share a few answers with you. Answer number one. There's a famous question. This young man over here, Naftali, he was born on Shabbos. He was actually born on my birthday. So I was also born on Shabbos. So he had a bris milah on Shabbos. I also did. We were actually born on the same date. I mean, the same calendar date. But since I'm his father, I'm older than him. Just want to clarify that. So, you're allowed to do bris milah on Shabbos. Why? Why are we goyzer shema yavireno dalramas? You might have a question. You might bring the kid to a, a bucky. You might bring the knife to a bucky. Why are you allowed to do bris milah on Shabbos? That's a famous question of the Ran. The Ran wants to know, if you can't take the shoifer, and you can't take the luv, and you can't take the megillah, why could you do bris milah on Shabbos? No, good question. Comes the Knesset Hagdoila, and the Knesset Hagdoila says, not, not a good question. You know why I do Mila on Shabbos? Because you have to do Mila. It's the eighth day, you gotta circumcise. I it's Shabbos, but uh, biblically, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to do Mila on Shabbos. So then, why are you now to blow Shoifer? Because you don't know for sure it's Rosh Hashanah. Maybe the second day is Rosh Hashanah. How, you, you're now to take a Lulav. You know why? Because maybe it's not Sukkot. Maybe the second day is Sukkot. You're not allowed to uh, take the Megillah. Maybe you got the wrong date. Sveik of the Yoyma. Mila, there's never Sveik of the Yoyma. Mila is the eighth day. So Mila you do on Shabbos. But the Yomim Toivim are a Suffolk. So you can't do the Mitzvah mi Suffolk. So, so you'll say, right, but it's not, it's not a Suffolk anymore. You're saying nowadays it's not a suffix anymore. <coughs> but at least halachically it's treated as a suffix. So once it's treated as a suffix, maybe you can't do the mitzvah. So he says, you ready for this chap? Which you'll tell me if you like it. This is all fine and good regarding lulav. Because lulav is only a mitzvah one day, Midar Shofar is only one day. But when it comes to sukkah, the second day of Sukkot is definitely Sukkot. The third day is definitely. The fourth day is definitely. The fifth day is definitely. Sixth day is seven. So most of Sukkot you'll be able to do on Shabbos. So since six out of the seven you're allowed to, you, you, would, you would be allowed to do on Shabbos. So they just said you sit in the Sukkot on Shabbos. I, this year, the first day of Shabbos and the first day is a Suffolk. Yeah, but Apiroiv, in the majority of situations, it's um, definitely Sukkot. So when it comes to Sukkot, it's like bris milah. You know for sure, you know for sure it's sukkahs. I don't really like this answer. Because that, that, then it should come out. Then on day two you should sin the sukkah. Day three you should sin the sukkah. Day four. But if the first day of sukkah is a Shabbos, then you shouldn't sin in the sukkah. What do you mean? Al piroiv. What do you mean? On the majority of cases, you know what day it is. Uh, that's good for those majority of cases. And for the minority that you're Mesopic, you shouldn't be allowed to sin the sukkah. So, now I want to come back to this young gentleman's uh, question. What was your first name again? David. David. Uh, Mr. David Pollack. Uh, Mr. Pollack wanted to know, why don't we say the following Gezerah by Sukkah? Why don't we say you might fix the Sukkah? Let's come back to Shafar. Because there is a famous Kasha of the Mizrahi. Mizrahi is the preeminent commentary on, on Rashi. Mizrahi wants to know, Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi, 
why do we say you don't blow shofar on Shabbos because you might carry? Why don't we say you don't blow shofar on Shabbos because you might fix the shofar? That's why you're not allowed to blow a tuba or a clarinet on Shabbos because you might fix it. So you shouldn't be allowed to blow the shofar. So there's a taz. This is known as the taz hayadua, the well-known taz. It's so well-known, there's a sefer called Hataz Hayadua. It's about this comment of the Taz. The Taz says, we can't eliminate shoifar lest you come to fix the shoifar. You know why? Because then you would never blow the shoifar on Rosh Hashanah. Because you're not a blow musical instrument on Yom Tif. Why? Because you might come to fix it. If we're going to say you can't blow the shoifar because you might come to fix it, then you'll never blow a shoifar. So then, why didn't the Rabbanon say, don't never blow a shaifar? Says the Taz, the rabbis don't have the power to completely contravene the Chumash. If the Chumash says, do something, the Rabbanon cannot come and say, don't do it. They can only say, sometimes don't do it. But they can't say, don't do it blanketly. So if you're going to be concerned that for Gzairah, lest you come to fix, you'll never blow a shaifar b'chlal. You'll never blow a shaifar. So therefore, the only way they could, at any way, the only way they could abolish shofar, is if you might come to carry on Yom Tif, you're allowed to carry on Shabbos, you're not allowed to carry. And the Torah doesn't say blow shofar on Shabbos; it says blow shofar. So you blow it on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but not on Shabbos. So the rabbis have the capacity to come up with exceptions to the chumash. They can't go again; can't fly in the face of a pasuk in the chumash. So, Why do you have to come on to the Zerubbabel? Yeah. At least for Sukkot, if the Torah. You mean the Remez? The Torah said it. The Torah said on that seventh month, which is Shabbos, meaning every time <coughs> it comes out on Shabbos, for whatever reason, I'm going to you don't blow the shofar. I, I mean, you, you don't you take, don't the you don't take the Dalaminim. Because it's not, it's not clear. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm honored that you like the Remez so much, but it's not. It's not black and white that it's talking about, you know, it reads very well, but we don't have a, like a Gemara that says that this is exactly what the Pasuk is saying. It's, it's just a, a Remez or a Drush. So it doesn't, it doesn't have the status of, uh, of a Drusha. In other words, it's not like a Gzeir Shava or a Kalva Choymer. It's just a Remez. It's a good Remez, it's a nice Remez, it fits like a glove. Fine. So I want to say like this. You ready? This is my answer. When it comes to not taking the Dalad Minim, what does the Torah say about Dalad Minim? Take the rule of an Esther on the first day of Sukkot. So I will. When it comes out on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Could the rabbi say don't take it on Shabbos? They could do that. But what does the Torah say about Sukkot? It says take, sit in the Sukkah for how many days? Seven! The Chachamim can't come and say, no, just sin the sukkah six days. They don't have the power to do that. The Torah says seven days. The rabbis can't go against the Pasuk. If the Pasuk says, take the Luv on the first day, I am, in 99% of the cases. <coughs> the Chachamim carved out an exception. But if the Torah says, annually, sit in the sukkah for seven days, if the Chachamim would say, don't sin the sukkah because you might carry, then you never sing in the sukkah for seven days. I like that. I think that's the best answer. So somebody who wrote this article offered it, but that's, that's what I thought of. Okay. Um, here's another answer. Another answer is, why would a Jew carry on Shabbos? Uh, well, 
What are we afraid of? What we're afraid of, somebody's going to get so carried away with the mitzvah, they're going to carry. That's only if they're carrying the item of the mitzvah. So they're going to carry the shoifah, they're going to carry the lulav. Are they going to carry the grape juice? The grape juice is not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is a sukkah. The item of the mitzvah is a sukkah. We're not concerned you're going to carry a thing with which to be able to fulfill a mitzvah. We're afraid you're going to carry the item with which you do the mitzvah. That's, a, that's like a clear distinction. And now I want to sh- share with you my favorite lamdasha answer. Okay? You've got to think now. Okay, sorry. But I want to... Yeah, you got to put on, you know, like your lamdasha glasses for a minute. Here you have a guy. You like pizza? Shlomo, you like pizza? Yeah, Shlomo likes pizza. Are you allowed to eat pizza outside of the sukkah? No. Today you're allowed to. Right? But on sukkahs, are you allowed to? No. Okay. Very good. What if a person ate out of the sukkah? Are they actively violating an avera? Or are they passively violating an avera? What I mean is like this. When the Chachamim say, don't blow the shoifer when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos, how do they have the right to do that? The Torah says, blow the shoifer. And we know that's even Shabbos. So the Gemara Nivama says, Yesh koyach lechachamim lakar dover menatoyrah b'shev al the rabbis are not saying actively violate the Torah. The rabbis are saying passively violate the Torah. You're not actively doing the Torah, you're just passively not blowing shoifah. Passively not shaking Lovan Esrog. Passively not reading the Megillah. But the Chachamim can't say, oh, eat treif. Chachamim can't say, eat treif. The Chachamim can't say, we are shatnas. Chachamim can't say, do an Avera. So now the question is, if they're going to say not to sit in the sukkah on sukkahs, are you, if somebody eats their challah out of the sukkah, is it just like not blowing the shoifar? Is it just like I'm not, I'm passively not fulfilling a mitzvah? Or am I actively violating an avira of achila chutz the sukkah? No, naftal, you hear the shayla. Is, is eating out of the sukkah a active violation or is it just b'shev al <laughs> what would you say it is? Eating, I'm saying, on the one hand, you could say, okay, I'm eating my pizza out of the sukkah. So I'm actively doing an I'm actively doing something against Hashem. Or no, I'm not. What am I doing? What I'm doing is I'm not going in the sukkah. So I'm being, meaning I'm being passive. I'm not doing an action. Do I look at it that I'm doing an act of eating out of the sukkah? Or do I look at it that I'm passively I'm just, I'm just like sitting here. I really need to get up and go inside. So it's passive. This is a famous Machloikis, Rabbi Kiva Eger, and the Pei Yoshua. In Masech the Sukkah, on Dav Chafhei, the Gemara says that people who are Shluchei Mitzvah are exempt from the Mitzvah of Sukkah because Oisek B'Mitzvah Pater B'Nas Sukkah. The question is, is not going into the sukkah active or passive? Rabbi Kivager, if you look at number nine, famously says, "Ein alachila iser klal shaloi lechol chutz sukkah." If you don't, if you eat out of the sukkah, you're not doing an avera. 
eating out of the sukkah, you're not doing an avera. It's just you didn't go and do the mitzvah. You violated not doing the mitzvah. Let's say somebody doesn't wear tefillin, doesn't, doesn't put on tefillin. They actively didn't have error or they passively didn't put on tefillin. They passively didn't put on tefillin. So, not if you're eating out of the sukkah, Ruki Vega says, you didn't do an avera. It is incumbent upon you to fulfill the mitzvah. If you don't go there to eat, you're being mavatel a mitzvah. But at the end of the day, what I'm doing is passively not fulfilling a mitzvah. In that case, I would, we have a good question. So the rabbi should come along and say, if sukkah comes out on Shabbos, don't, don't go into the sukkah. You might carry. But according to the Pnei Yeshua, he views that if you eat out of the sukkah, you actively did Navera. So then the rabbis can't say. They could say, don't take a Luvan Essek. They can't say, oh, don't eat in the sukkah. But then I'm going to be eating out of the sukkah. And that's an active Avera. Rabbis can't do that. No, that's a good answer. Yeah, you're masking? Yeah, he's not. Okay? Look, in the, look at number 10. V'oid nireli, says the Pnei Yeshua. Other mitzvahs are only passive. If you eat, drink, sleep as sukkah, you're actively doing it. Then the rabbis can't come and say, oh, if it comes out on Shabbos, you don't have to sin the sukkah. No, they can only say passively don't do a mitzvah. They can't say actively do a nabir. Okay, one more answer, okay? We'll close with this. <coughs> if you look carefully in the language of Rabbah, Rabbah says, Shema, Yavireno dalet amos b'shus harabim. What? The mitzvah bavi deyavera, which you don't have by sukkah. By carrying it, but dalet amos, committed avera, you can't do a mitzvah. So that's a big question. Rabbah said you're not allowed to blow the shofar on Shabbos. What if I do? Do I get a mitzvah? So you're you're saying it's a mitzvah habavavera. Now let's say I don't carry it. Or let's say I do carry it. Okay. Here's my question. What's Rabba worried about? You might carry the shaifar or the lulav for Amas and the Shusarabim. Why does he say that? Why doesn't he say you might take it from Rishus Hayachid to Rishus Harabim? Right, we know there are two two types of carrying. One is you can't take an item four cubits in Rosh Hashanah. Let's say I'm standing Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to pick an item up, walk for Amos, and put it down. That's one type of carrying. And another type of carrying is I can't take something from my house and bring it out into the street. So why is Rabbah only afraid you're going to carry something for Amos in Rosh Hashanah? Why isn't he afraid you're going to take something from Rosh Hashanah and put in Rosh Hashanah? So Toisvus says. We are never concerned you're going to take something from Rosh Hashanah and bring it to Rosh Hashanah. Because since they're distinct domains, it will remind you not to do that. 
But in the Shas Harabim, it's all, it's all one big area, you might forget. So the whole concern is, did you know, the concern is, you might find a shoifer in the Shas Harabim and carry it for Amos. Now, I don't know about you, when was the last time you found the shoifer in the Shas Harabim? We spoke about that, right? Yeah. You might find the lulav. Remember? No, you, well, you, yeah, you remember we spoke about it. Naftali remembers. The jokes, you remember all the jokes? Very good. So, um, so you might find the lulav, you might find the shoifer, you might find um, uh, Megillah Sester. It happens all the time. Like you're walking down the street and it falls off a tree. They have shoifer trees, lulav trees. So if that's the case, if we're not worried, this, is, this I didn't see anywhere. We're not worried you're going to find an you're not, We're not worried you're going to take an item of a mitzvah from the Shasayah and bring it to the We're afraid you're going to find something in the Then that doesn't apply to a sukkah. Why? Because you can't build a sukkah in the You can't build a sukkah in the It's stealing. <coughs> Magen Avram writes, look at number 14. Magen Avram says, Sarchiyan Shanagug Tzas Anoshim Lasay Sukkah Rabim. I don't understand people make a sukkah in They don't own the property. You know, there are all these stories. You ever hear these stories? There's a guy, and he put up the sukkah on the roof, and the building department said, you can't put it there. And a miracle happened. He said, you know what? They, they said, you better take it down within seven days. Right? Remember, that's like a famous story. So everyone thinks it's a beautiful story, but the poor guy, I don't think he was going to the midst of sukkah, because he wasn't allowed to put it there. It's the midst of Abba But okay, but it sounds good anyway. But the Magen Avram Paskins, if you put a sukkah in Rosh Hashanah, you can't even make a bracha on it. You're not even yoytzeh. So what are we going to say? Don't build a sukkah. You can't sit in the sukkah on Shabbos. Because why? You might carry. What are you going to carry? We're not worried you're going to carry from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. We're only worried you're going to carry in the Rosh Hashanah. And anyway, there are no kosher sukkahs in the Rosh Hashanah. So to outlaw sukkahs on Shabbos, because you might find the sukkah in the Rosh Hashanah, you can't have they, they don't work in the Rosh Hashanah. Actually, um, some ask on this mug in Avram, there's a Pasuk in Nehemiah that says uh, that when the Jews returned in the times of Nehemiah to rebuild the second base HaMikdash, it says, look at number 15, people went out, and they brought, and they built sukkahs, each one on their roof, and in their Courtyards of the Chatzos Beis Olekim and the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash, or of Verchayv Sharamayim and in the street of Sharamayim, or Verchayv Sharafrayim. <coughs> so Rav Shlomo Kulger asks, "We see you're allowed to make a sukkah in Rosh Hashanah. The Jews did it in the times of Nehemiah." The Malbim, in his commentary to Sefer Nehemiah, points out that a few psukim later it says that the Jews did not build a sukkah in in Yushalayim from the time of Yeshua Benun until that day. So the Malbim asks, what? The Jews didn't make sukkahs from the times of Yeshua Benun until times of Nehemiah? How's that possible? Says the Malbim, based on the Mug and Avram, you can't make a sukkah in a public domain. What's the status of Yushalayim? Yushalayim is loy nischalku l'shvatim. It was never. It was never given over to the Klaiso. It's own. It's it's public area. Yeah, everyone owned it, and therefore it's a public domain. It's public, and therefore you cannot build a sukkah in Yerushalayim. Period, and therefore 
for hundreds of years, the Jews did not build sukkahs. So you say, and knew, and what happened in times of Nehemiah? So he says something very interesting. Ezra came up, and we know Kidsha Rishayna, the initial sanctification of Yeshua, Kidsha Lashaita, it was temporary, but Velay Kidsha Lashalave, it was not eternal. Ezra came, and he sanctified it eternally. However, when he sanctified it, he stipulated that the sanctity is such that people are given permission to build sukkahs. Yeshua Beno never did that. Because he only did it a temporary sanctification, so he never made any stipulations in the Kedusha. The Malbim therefore says <coughs> that from the time of Yeshua Benun, Yushalayim had the status of Rishus Harabim, and then in the times of Ezra, when he re-sanctified it, he stipulated that uh, certain stipulations, one of them was that they were allowed to build sukkahs. So, again, I'm, tra- I'm suggesting that the reason why you're allowed to sit in a sukkah because the Gezerah of Rabbah is, you might carry something in the Rishos HaRabim. But there are no sukkahs in the Rishos You don't build sukkahs in the Rishos HaRabim. You might find a shoifar. You're allowed to have a shoifar in the Rishos HaRabim. You're allowed to have a lulav. But you can't have a sukkah. So just to, here's the happy recap. The psukim in Parshas Emmer indicate that Bachoydesh HaShvi Hazah, that when it comes to that first year, only sukkah, not dalad minim. Subsequent years, you have both. We asked why. Why is there gzair of rabba by sukkah, by, excuse me, by dalad minim, and not by sukkah? So we gave a number of answers. Answer number one, because shoifar, lulav, we're not sure if it's yamtiv, it's fake of the yoyma. But most of the seven days of sukkah, we know for sure it's sukkah, except for the first day. I didn't really like that answer, because the first day you shouldn't be allowed to send the sukkah. The second answer we gave, I think, is solid. And that is the same way the rabbis can't say, never blow shoifar because you might fix it. Because the Torah says there's a mitzvah of shoifar. And likewise, they can't say, never sit in a sukkah because you might fix it because there's a mitzvah of sukkah. They can't say, don't sit in a sukkah on Shabbos because the Torah says explicitly, sit in the sukkah for seven days. Third answer is, according to the Pnei Yeshua, that eating out of the sukkah is an active violation. It's not passively not sitting in the sukkah. You're actively doing an avera. The chachamim can't say, go ahead, eat out of the sukkah. That's an active violation of the mitzvah of sukkah. That's answer number three. And answer number four is, the only decree is not you might take something from the shusayel to the shusrabim, so you might have something in the shusarabim. You can't build a sukkah in the shusarabim. Okay, Rabbi Yisrael, thank you very much for coming. I wish everybody a wonderful Yom Tif, a Chag Kosher and we'll see everybody with Hashem, Parshas Bereshis, Wednesday night. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.